Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Kings and Priests podcast. And uh, until further notice, this podcast is just going to be brought to you by uh, Sermonly and Pulpit AI. Because there why not? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the like, two hottest AI tools in Christendom. Exactly. Exactly. What else? What else is our own media platform if we can't uh, yeah, talk so about our own products? Right. This is true. Pulpit <laughs> AI is blowing up. How many, how many signups you got? Like over, over eight, over 800. Love it. It's, it's, I was just going to say, it's funny, you know, I've watched Fox news. So Fox news did a a reporter emailed me and I just did, instead of getting on the phone, we just did like a back and forth on email. And then she, I woke up a couple mornings ago and had like a hundred signups and was like, uh Oh, where, what's talking about this. And I've been watching as they have changed the image and the caption on the article interesting, and moved it around their website. So like and last night, for example, I was sitting there at dinner and all of a sudden there was like 40 more signups in six minutes. And I went to their site and they had changed the thumbnail image and Love then it. made the headline look like it was a sermon, write, sermon writing tool. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this is just too good. Oh, Anyways, awesome. so yeah, and uh, and then Sermonly, the, the difference between Pulpit AI and Sermonly right now is Sermonly actually is a product that is working and has people on it, and and Pulpit AI. Oh, I, I think <laughs> we're like, I think we're I had numbers yesterday, like it's been out a week, and um, I think we have a hundred and forty something subscribers and people like using it revenue. So uh-huh. you know, it's like yeah, I got to get that thing. You know, I got to get it. I want to get it to 20 grand a month in, in MRR, you know, as quick mm-hmm. as we can, which essentially is going to, it costs about 250 to build that. Okay. Um, you know, like in engineering time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. get, get to 20 a month and things paid for in 12 months and it's all great yeah. after that. Yeah. Right. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, now, does it write sermons? It doesn't. It just helps you research. It's a research and, tool, right? And type so, out. Yep. Yeah. It's essentially like it's, you know, docs or, or, you know, Microsoft Word or Pages or whatever. So it's a you, it's a writing tool. But we did all these, like in Notion, you have all these shortcuts like forward slash at symbol. And so you write your sermon, and but it's got the research built in AI. So you just open the researcher, put in your, hey, give me four scriptures on grace. Mm-hmm. Boom, back they come. And then you there go is. and put, put, then you put each scripture back in the AI and say, exposit, you know, Ephesians 2 verse mm-hmm. 8 in the voice of charles spurgeon sick boom right um and i always tell speak- my wife i always tell my wife when she gets mad at me for smoking cigars that charles spurgeon smokes cigars so oh, just if he did it, guys if he did it i can do it <laughs> right it's true i can't stand it but anyway yeah jake can't either if jay if like if jake if the cigars come out jake's like see ya i'm out of here i'm the yep. same i'm the yep. same that's not that from me that's cool. I had another question for you. Anyways, it had to do with it had to do with Sermonly. But- Sermonly rocks, man. It's like it's it's, and we've we've got you know we're adding little things all the time, making it better. I think I think it's going to go, but oh. I think I it's going to go too. You know, it's it's two different things. It served two different. Yeah, but it's the church people love it. Church people love this stuff. Yeah, academics don't love this stuff yet. I think but it's a church. People are reaching out to me from, I got an email today from a guy in the UK that said, if this works, it will, it will, it will save me 10 to 12 hours a week. That's right. And that's I think whole- church people who are day in and day out pastors day in and day out. Yeah. 
who do this stuff, they need tools to help them, you know? I think it's um, under 40, over 40, to be honest. Mm. Like a lot of times, and I'm over 40, obviously, but, but you know, I kind of work very, very hard at staying current. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just a mindset, it's, you know, the, the, the boomer crowd, man, they don't want to change. And it's like, drives mm-hmm. me nuts. If you can save, <laughs> like with Sermon Lee, you know, research time is probably cut 80, 90%. Mm-hmm. Like you've still got to do the work of writing the sermon, but going to the web and doing all this research, it just cuts that by 80% easy. Yep. And like pulpit AI, like pumping in the audio mm-hmm. and having it do all the social and clip it and do it and make the mm-hmm. notes out of it. Like, like it's going to, a lot of people don't even do that because it's too time consuming. Exactly. So it's going to create all this incredible content out of a, you know, preach it once, get 50, assets right mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. it's awesome church staffs man church staffs work so hard yeah and and totally. and anything that they can do to save time is going to be huge i also i also so once i have i'm like any day now having the second baby and once once i get back from that mm-hmm. which is going to probably be like i told my wife i'm like her mother-in-law's coming in for six weeks because i was like i'm gonna baby i'm gonna take three days off and then it's time to get back, back to, to it no, a six-week paternity leave for you yeah not happening um but we are we've spun up a new we haven't started it yet but a new podcast and new le- newsletter called the new printing press the new printing press.com i did see and, that um you're gonna have to be you know a regular i just keep at i'm just i just keep adding stuff and go come on dean jump on jump on but um, oh, to talk all things church tech, education, both super hyper practical, but also philotho- philosophical and theological. Like, how should we think about all of this? And um, yeah. so that'll be fun. I think it'll be uh, a good, a good, a good just outlet for us to explore yeah. all of this stuff. So, okay, let's talk about David Ogilvy because yeah. um, we were going to do this. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we actually ran out of time and there's so much good stuff on here. Yep. I love David Ogilvy because he just is right to the point. He like, he says, just to, just to like give the background, he basically is the, the father of advertising, modern yep. advertising mm-hmm. and 60s, 70s really shaped mm-hmm. the whole advertising industry. And he was a massive, like, you know, first adopting on so many things and principles. So mm-hmm. you're talking about, the, you know, you talk about sales and marketing. Yep. This guy is, and all his books are worth reading. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, he, uh, he talks a lot about all of his books were simply marketing for his agency. I mean, yeah. even all of that stuff he put out was the reason yeah. he did it. And if brain. you've seen, exactly. If, if you've seen Mad Men, um, a lot of the source material for that came from, from a lot of the stories that David Ogilvy told. So I want to go through, there's 22 of these. Some of them touch on things we talk about a lot, um, right. but others kind of will take us into, you know, semi-new territory. So we can roll through these. We'll, you know, stick on the ones that are most interesting yeah. and, and keep going. So number one is this, you have a first class mind, stretch it. I feel like we talk about this a lot. Yeah. It's Learn. That, that's just, you know, you got to be, you got to see your brain as, as a vacuum cleaner for information. Mm-hmm. You are literally like, <laughs> like sucking in every bit of information on things that you want to focus on, be passionate about, you know, everything is available about everything. Mm-hmm. Every fact is available, every teaching, every, like everything's available for everything. Mm-hmm. And like 
throw, you know, not just YouTube now, but, you know, throw AI in now and ChatGPT4. You can just find out. About, you can anything. learn anything about anything. So it's mm -hmm. only your, it's the level to which you're motivated is going to determine how successful you're going to be. Yep. So if you're motivated to learn, you'll be successful. If you're not motivated, you won't. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love that. Number two, the longer your memos, insert emails, decks, <laughs> all of it, the less likely they are to be read by men who have the power to act on them. 1000% agree. If I so see true. a six paragraph email, I not read it. Yeah. And I answer <laughs> in two, one word and two word uh -huh. responses or one sentence. Yep. And and I don't have time to read six paragraph emails. Mm -hmm. Give me four mm -hmm. bullet points mm -hmm. and maybe you get me. Mm -hmm. The busiest guy I ever worked with, and it sounds like such a name drop, but whatever, it is what it is. I was one of two employees at a company that Ryan Seacrest was running. And at the time he was hosting four shows a day. Right. Make it about 90 million a year, personally, right. sure. at this time. Nice. When you emailed him, the rule, the unspoken rule was the email or the text needed to be able to be responded to in simply yes or no. Yep. I love it. But that was how you got him to respond. That's it. And that's because it's like you got a lot of things going on. And by the way, that guy could move – that guy's yes could move whole companies, right? right. And yeah. um, that's so true. Short. Yeah. If you are a young person, if you're a young person trying to get in touch with someone – who is uh, a CEO, who is busy, who is successful, short brevity, make yep. it easy for them because that yep. makes, I have found, I've, I've never been the one doing the responding. I've always been the one needing to get the response for the most part. And the shorter, the better has always, yep. has always worked. Um, number three, permanent success has always been, uh, permanent, permanent success has rarely been built on frivolity. People do not buy from clowns. Yeah. <laughs> frivolity um yeah yeah you know there's a time for fun and jokes mm -hmm. but when you're doing serious business you better have your serious business face on mm -hmm. and uh come come to the moment prepared 100 mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh number four only first class business and that in a first class way yeah i mean it's the old jack welsh thing right like in ge's prime they strove to be one or two in mm -hmm. any industry they were in they weren't interested in you know, being fifth and eighth, like they just wanted to be either the first or second in a, you know, jet engines, like all the million things they did. Um, and so, yeah, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. I would say in uh, in this age of digital, so this was written before the digital age, in the age of digital, getting to market, you know, having an MVP that people can play with and mess around with. You know, there's there's nuance to that one, but you know, we want yeah, totally. Yeah, we, we want to do it. Well. Someone some someone said something to me actually just last week about AI, um, and the space of AI. And this person was a a growth stage venture investor, like one of the big checks into Robinhood, DoorDash. So you know, knows what he's Pretty, talking about. At least he's seen a lot yeah. of companies. Totally. And he said, when it comes to AI and AI products. Because it's so new, people are more forgiving than they've ever been. And yep. so actually the expectation for an MVP, even like a beta version one, is, sure. is actually not as high as, as it is with other products. And yep. so the, uh, the quickness of shipping 
is yep. is so important. And I do think I I like what you said in this digital world. It's like it's a it is a get it out to the world, get hands on it. Yeah, we probably shipped um, so many. Like we had it on the shelf for a couple of years before mm -hmm. AI, mm -hmm. and we didn't promote it. It was just kind of tricking along with a few hundred users, and it had a private Facebook group, and it was you know not really a product we sold. Um, but in that two years, we did have, you know, product market fit and an MVP like in the bag, but we probably shipped it, you know, at 80% of where mm -hmm. we're going to take it, but that's software, mm -hmm. right? Yep. You're not going to ship a piece of software and be perfect. Right. It's not, it's not really designed to do that. You're always iterating, mm -hmm. um, you know, both on the current features and new features. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just making a yeah. note here really quick. Okay. Get rid um, of sad dogs get who spread doom. I love this one. Amen. I love this one, man. Oh man. If you consider yourself like, oh, I'm a contrarian and I gotta be the I gotta be the voice of reason, it's like Go work at a big uh, company that moves yeah, slowly. Just, oh, get out of my world. I don't wanna <laughs> now I want constructive criticism. I want people yep. around me who are gonna help me see things maybe I'm not good at seeing, which is plenty of that. Mm -hmm. but you can do it in a way like I, I've had people that I've worked with over the years that have that personality where the glass isn't always half full. Yep. But either they intuitively understood or I taught them how to come to me with, you know, a, a contrarian view or a constructive criticism, right. In such a way that moves us forward. It doesn't mm -hmm. like pour water on the fire that I'm trying mm -hmm. to, Right here and keep burning mm -hmm. and so if you find yourself being that person and often you're in a support role you're not the leader you're you know you're a leader but in a, in a role where you're you know not the main person in front um just work out a way to be able to talk to your you know your leader in a way that they'll be able to hear it and, yep. and adjust course if need be right yep. we always we always need to do that mm -hmm. but just don't, don't don't pride yourself in being that negative no. person Oops. No, there's, you know, there's a, a really practical because I've, I have been on the opposite side of that where I've been uh, employee in an organization. And when you're an employee, your, your, ha your hands are in a lot more things, you see a lot more things. And so you do see a lot of the, the problems. The problem with that is, is most founders or in a church context, senior pastors, like they're going to be visionaries. And they're right. always most of the time, they're going to assume the best and believe the best. And so I always tell people like you, it's not that you don't bring them problems or issues. It's that you, you, first of all, you understand the leader or the founder. Right. And, and so you come, you come at it as a place of like, Hey, I want to help the vision come to pass. Like I believe in what we're doing, but it's all, it's like tone and it's, it's like, what's the way in, you know? And I think a leader yeah. can tell if someone's yeah. coming to them with, Hey, I want to help make this better. And here's something that I've seen versus like, I'm just going to be the contrarian to be the contrarian. Yeah. Right. No boss. Like you're never going to get mad at someone who comes to you and says, Hey, I see an opportunity here, here, and here. Right. It's just in the way that it's done and almost also in like the heart that it's done in. Right. Yeah. And you got to understand too, that visionary leaders are not afraid to fail. They don't care. Yep. So you come in yes. like, like the train's going off the cliff, the visionary leader can't, doesn't care. They just mm -hmm. got to pick up the pieces and go again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas a lot mm -hmm. of times the support guys are like, ah, this is going to fail. The visionary's like, I don't care if it fails. We're swinging yes. for the fans. Yes. And so yes. like get off, get off the train if you're not. That's so true. So that's so true. That's, that's so fan. true. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. Number six, we talk about pick your pick a subject and make yourself an authority on it. We've talked about yep. that a ton. Yep. Uh, the more you tell, the more you sell. I love we've, that. We've, yep. Mm -hmm. Right. So, have you ever been around people that all they do is tell you, you know, like selling? You, you, I'm always selling. Mm -hmm. I'm never not selling. Mm -hmm. And which means I'm always talking about the thing I'm doing and I'm telling stories about it and anecdotes and things I got from customers and wins. And like, I mean, you know me long enough to know mm -hmm. that like, we're going to start chatting about whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be long before I start talking about, you know, what's going on. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, you gotta, you, you, if you're the, especially if you're the leader, the chief visionary, you've always got to be selling, which means you're always mm -hmm. talking about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that, that, that is absolutely tr the truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> let's see we have a habit of divine discontent with our performance it is an antidote to smugness that's a big one that's a very philosophical very that's a philosophical one yeah um i think it, that's it's, just being real right with, with yep. where you're at and and not thinking of yourself more highly than you would mm -hmm. which is a biblical uh truth and mm -hmm. so it's staying humble with even mm -hmm. within success and knowing that you can always do more and uh keep your attitude right, mm -hmm. you know, when mm -hmm. you're winning. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's great. Uh, big ideas are usually simple ideas. Mm -hmm. That's very true. I very mean, true. if you are pitching, if you're telling someone your idea and it, it you have to work hard to make it make sense to you, uh, <laughs> yeah. usually it's not a, and I've had plenty of those. <laughs> I've had yeah. so many of those in my life. Yeah. Um, I love this one. Search all the parks in your cities. You'll find no statues of committees. <laughs> That's a, that is a classic David Ogilvy. Yeah. Statement. You know, like collaboration is obviously great, you know, getting people together, you know, I get with my kind of senior team, you know, mm -hmm. probably four times a year in person where, you know, on zoom all day, every day, but you know, yeah, you, you, there's a difference between, collaborating together, solving problems together and like sending a problem to a group of six people to go and, you know, have, have some kind of, you know, navel gazing exercise. It's like, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a leadership statement that leaders totally understand. And if you're not a leader, sometimes you won't get that. Mm -hmm. You think it's, um, you'll think it's uh, overly obnoxiously, you know, authoritative or yeah, yeah, positive. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like, that's what you got to be to mm -hmm. move the needle on, on mm -hmm. stuff. So mm -hmm. it is. This one is great. Number 11. And it's, it's honestly actually probably his most famous statement um, that has sort of really stood the test of time that people use. I mean, I've heard this statement used hundreds of times. Uh, and that is you aren't advertising to a standing army. You are advertising to a moving parade. Now, mm -hmm. What he meant by this was when you find a way to talk about and sell your product that works, don't change it right? because you're not advertising to the same person over and over and over again. Right. They need the same thing repeated hundreds of times in the exact right. same way. And that to me is like such a, that was his, that was the context for how he was talking about this. I think nowadays it, the same context makes sense, but also people are just bombarded with stuff every single that's where my every head single day right i think in the modern context the moving parade is the busyness of life 
mm-hmm. and the and the ability to penetrate. Like I probably get fifty solicitation emails a day, mm-hmm. which I hate LinkedIn because they go in there and they get my stuff, and then I got so I, I you know I block them all, mm-hmm. but sometimes I read them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really interesting. <laughs> like it's like one out of fifty, mm-hmm. and. And, you know, I virtually never respond, maybe like one in a thousand. Yep. But, you know, that's that's what it's like today. It's really hard. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, great industrial leaders are always fanatically committed to their jobs. They are not lazy or amateurs. I just love that. The idea yeah. of just being a pro. It's yep. kind of old school work ethic, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. just like, it's like turn of the century industrial getting your hands dirty, going to the factory, getting up mm-hmm. every day, you're making stuff. Um, yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, in the best companies, promises are always kept, whether it may cost in agony and overtime, whatever it may cost in agony and overtime. Yeah, I mean, and they, you know, thinking true to you, being true to your employees and serving them and in ways that, you know, they really will go the extra mile for you. So it's mm-hmm. always a good way to run mm-hmm. a business. Yep. Uh, 14. Tell the truth. I love this. Tell the truth, but make the truth fascinating. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah. Cause sometimes you got to tell the truth and it, it's hurtful. Um, or it's, you know, it, it's challenging. Um, especially if you're in a downturn or the, you know, you're in a lull in sales or, you know, you've stagnated mm-hmm. in growth and you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to tell the truth to yourself and to the people around you that are going to maybe, you know, help you turn it around, but mm-hmm. truth hurts sometimes. Yeah, it does. Tolerate genius. There are very few men of genius, almost without exception. They are disagreeable. <laughs> yeah. The real uh, yes. Yeah. I would say the more genius a person is, the more disagreeable they can tend to be. I'm trying to think like, in, in that description, who I've ever been around, I, mm-hmm. I, I personally, you know, I'm not belittling all the people I know all over the world, but I don't think I've really been around for a long period of time a genius. Yep, same. Like, like it's they're so rare, mm-hmm. and, and so like, you know, it's just funny. Like you think the obvious, you, you think like Steve Jobs and you know Elon and like in the current thing, and they're just so rare. I mean, mm-hmm. my goodness. You know, mm-hmm. I've been around a lot of very wealthy, smart people, and I don't know them enough maybe to know if they're geniuses or not, but it's just a rare thing. And so, man, that's lightning in a bottle. If you yep. if you have a genius that would work for you and, and you mm-hmm. know, that's, that's like so rare. Yeah, yep. Uh, verse 16, we prefer, uh, verse 16, like I'm preaching a sermon, number 16, <laughs> we prefer the discipline of knowledge to the anarchy of ignorance. This is really what we talked about at the beginning. Be disciplined, right? I love this one, 17. Don't bunt, aim out of the park, and aim for the company of immortals. Yeah, so good, man. It's like, I don't know, when was this written? Probably 40 years ago? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Years Mm -hmm. ago? Still that absolute timeless truth. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know. Let me, so let me ask you a question about that. When, because sometimes you need to bunt. As a Mm -hmm. business, Mm -hmm. if a person is founded a company, if they're a visionary, if they've started a company, my guess is their general, like their general personality is swing for the fences. Totally. Has to be. How do you know when the right time to swing for the fences 
is because I'm a swing for the fences kind of guy, but I also know that it's not always the right environment to swing for the fences or the conditions aren't right. And I think people think of entrepreneurs as just people that are just risk taker. I actually think entrepreneurs are like calculated risk takers. Talk to me about the difference because you've had times in your life where you had to aim for out of the park. And if you missed out of the park, it would have been horrible. Well, bad. So how have you, how have you, and if we need to look at the rest of these later and spend some time Mm -hmm. on this, we can, how have you sorted that out? How do you know when to to aim for the fences and when to bunt, so to speak? I think you're, uh, it's a, that has a lot to do with momentum and where you were at on the the momentum pendulum. So you think about starting a business, you come out swinging, Mm -hmm. right? And then hopefully you might get a home run, you know, you might hit a single if we're using the baseball analogy here. Um, and, and you, when you hit momentum, like when the flywheel, so Jim Collins, good to great flywheel principle takes a lot to move the first rotation, right? So you got to know when your flywheel is moving, when you've got momentum, that that's when you should double down and swing more. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Like when you're in cricket, you know, which I, I actually have Australia playing England over at here on my alma mater. Nice. <laughs> um, like once you start hitting runs, you want to just put your foot on. Mm-hmm. And and you think the ball is like this big, right? And it's the same in golf. Like like when you're hitting it really good and it feels like you can't miss, you, you just keep swinging like that. Mm-hmm. But if you're off, Right. If you're in baseball mm-hmm. or cricket, right. And, and you're swinging and missing, you know, especially in cricket, right. You might, and the ball's moving around, you might have to go defensive. Right. And so there's times where you've got to defend a position and there's times when you're going to attack. And I think it all has to do with knowing the momentum that you have. So in business, I think, you know, sales are, you know, you just hit something, something starts working and you've mm-hmm. tried 50 things and one of them starts to go, you triple down. Mm-hmm. And, and in my mind, that's like the the moment of okay, I got some momentum here. I'm going to start swinging. Like mm-hmm. we're going to in this moment. Mm-hmm. Like look at Robert AI, right? Like your your pre product, you're generating a lot of buzz, mm-hmm. right? You're just going to keep tripling down. You're going to keep mm-hmm. right. Like you're getting the New York Times now and and Fox and the, like you're just going to go berserk. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, for the next month. Mm -hmm. And then your product's going to hit and then you're going to tell your email subscribers that, Hey, and then, then like they're going to put their hand in their pocket and buy it. Right. Right. And so that'll be a different moment. Mm -hmm. And then you'll kind of assess that. And then the product won't be what you want exactly. And then you're going to go and So there's all these kind of fits and starts in business, but I think to me, it's knowing when I've got the momentum, when I'm downhill, Mm -hmm. I I just triple down Mm -hmm. and, and, and then you make the money because I think the whole, the reason there's four seasons, God made four seasons. I've always kind of looked at the four seasons as kind of a life metaphor too. Mm. Like there are periods in your life where, when it's winter, nothing's mm. growing. Yeah. It, it's brutal. And literally you're just hunkering down trying to get through the freeze. Yeah. Right. And you hope those seasons are short, you know, um, mm-hmm. there's periods where, there's spring and stuff sprouting and things are popping through and there's signs of life. And then summer hits and boom, start, they start growing. Mm-hmm. And so you just got to know the season you're in. Yeah. Personally, mm-hmm. in business, financially, mm-hmm. in relationships, mm-hmm. 
I think you've got to just like ask yourself, and I, I kind of do this pretty regularly, like what season am I in right now? It, summer doesn't last forever in, in the earth, right, in nature. And I think God made it like that because things aren't, you know, it's just not <laughs> straight up and to the right. Right. Like look at every great company in the last 50 years and look at their growth, right? They had periods when it went up and to the right. Then they had periods of maybe negative, maybe flat, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden something happens and then go again, mm -hmm. right? It took, took Amazon like years, mm -hmm. like he's selling books, mm -hmm. right? And like nothing. And in the mm -hmm. dot com boom, man, his stock was like two bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's up 2000% in 23 years. But on the way, Apple the same. Apple went to nearly zero, nearly went bankrupt, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, the seasonality of life, the seasonality of business is a thing. And you've got to know when to, you know, because if you're expending all this energy in winter, it means you're wasting, mm. not preserving and conserving for when the growth, when the spring hits. And so I just think it's a good, in general, lesson to just think about what season of life you're in and adjust accordingly. Mm -hmm. And then you make those adjustments when, you know, when things are in the winter, spring, summer, fall, like fall's the worst in my mind. Mm -hmm. Like at least in a winter season, I, I'm just, I know what I'm in. So I can hunker down and just get through. The fall is like, what's going on? Everything I built is like, it's falling. <laughs> it's horrible. And it's the transition from awesome productivity summer like, yeah, I'm in Park City, the sun's out, it's starting to warm up. I mean, I just love it, right? In in Southern California this year, we had like five months of rain. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Of the year, it was horrible. But 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 that is exactly the same with life. And mm -hmm. and just about anything. Like marriage, business, everything, friendships, all of it. Yep. Church for sure. I mean, shoot. There gosh. are times where that thing is not is just going nowhere. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, 20 years of pastoring church and, you know, if I'm really honest, I probably had out of 20 years, maybe four years of summer mm -hmm. like when, when it was just growing without me doing anything, mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, a lot of winters and, and some falls. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, and, it's, and so, yeah, we, we want to swing and we're going for it. Um, but understand the season you're in and adjust accordingly, I think is, but always have hope, mm -hmm. right? When things are the darkest, you're always looking for that first shoot. Mm -hmm. Just springs, springs. Mm -hmm. So you've got to always have hope no matter what season you're mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And you can skip a season. Mm -hmm. You can skip a fall. You can skip a winter. That happens. Um, but just understand the season and act, act accordingly. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's a beautiful thing about doing this as a Christian is during those different seasons beneath the surface, there's things God's teaching us most yeah. of the time about us, right? <laughs> At least the Almost way that all. I, <laughs> what I always find it to be is yeah. in, especially in the falls and winters going, okay, what, what are you doing underneath the surface here? That yeah. is actually more important to, yeah. to my yeah. development than, than what Absolutely. you learn when everything's going right. So 100%. Awesome. Good well, stuff. good stuff. Well, uh, hey, everybody, thanks again for listening. Uh, again, you can follow us on social media, YouTube, podcast, leave us a review, sign up for uh, the email list. There's just always fun stuff going on. And uh, again, just appreciative of you always listening. Just love hearing from all of you. So 
Uh, we'll see you back here next week. <laughs>